London Calling. London Walks Connecting. London Walks here with your daily London fix. Story time. History time. Smithfield. It's cobwebbed with history. Square foot for square foot, there's more history in this little acre than anywhere else in London, including the Tower of London and 10 Downing Street. It's even in the name, Smithfield. I say even in the name, actually that's par for the course for London. London place names are often an x-ray of the past. Or if you prefer, a place name will yield up the DNA of a district. Smithfield's not named for Captain John Smith or some other distinguished personage named Smith. It's a corruption of the phrase, the smooth field. And because it was level, smooth, and just outside the London Wall, immediately to the north of London, stuff happened at Smithfield. Happened aplenty. Knights jousted there. Tournaments were held there. There's a reminder of that in the name of the street that leads up to Smithfield from the Old Bailey, the famous criminal court. The Old Bailey stands where Newgate, the infamous prison, stood. Newgate Prison was named Newgate Prison because over the gate was a lockup. That lockup was the progenitor of the infamous prison. Anyway, knights would ride through Newgate, the gate, not the prison, ride up that track to the smooth field where they'd joust. They'd be fully kitted out in their armor. If it was a fine day, the sun out in all its glory, the sun would seem to gild the spurs of the knights. Ergo the name, Gilt Spurs Street. And that's just the beginning of the parade of historical events Smithfield has played host to. The Peasants' Rebellion climaxed in Smithfield. The first Protestant martyrs were burned to death at the stake in Smithfield. That wasn't a couple of one-offs. Smithfield was a principal execution site in London. Smithfield's the site of Bart's, the oldest hospital in the United Kingdom, the second oldest hospital in Europe. It's fictional rather than hard fact historical, but it's so real it feels historical. It was at Bart's, in Smithfield, where Sherlock Holmes first met Dr. Watson and uttered the immortal line, You have been in Afghanistan, I perceive. Smithfield was the site of Bartholomew Fair. It was London's cattle market. Husbands sold their wives at Smithfield. The hospital wall is pockmarked with shrapnel damage from bombs dropped by a Zeppelin in World War I. The list just goes on and on. But I'm going to focus on one shard of Smithfield history. Yes, an execution. It's attested to, to this day, by a plaque. A plaque that often has flowers strewn on the pavement beneath it. And not just flowers, flags as well. Flowers and flags remembering an execution that took place there over 700 years ago. As stars go in the night sky of history, that's one of the brightest. And we're going to have a guest appearance for the rest of this podcast. I'm going to call on the late, much-missed, great Londoner, writer, radio, and television presenter, Jeremy Beadle. He's told the story better than anyone else could do. It's the story of the execution of the Scots patriot William Wallace. It took place here at Smithfield on this day, the 23rd of August, 1305. 
So those flags at the base of the commemorative plaque, those flags are white and blue. They're Scottish flags. Jeremy Beadle begins by reminding us that William Wallace was the first person to have his head adorn the ramparts of London Bridge as a warning to other wrongdoers. Here's the tale. After apparently being betrayed by his own countrymen, William Wallace was captured and, on 22nd August 1305, taken to London. Early the next morning, he was taken to Westminster Hall, where, to fulfill his boast that one day he would wear a crown in Westminster, a laurel crown was mockingly placed on his head. As an outlawed thief, the law allowed him no defense. His trial and judgment were mere formalities, and the sentence carried out immediately. He was stripped naked, then drawn on a hurdle by two horses to the gallows at Smoothfield, now King Street in Smithfield. En route, he was pelted with awful garbage and dung and struck with whips and cudgels by the bloodthirsty Londoners. It was the Twitter of his day, the cancel culture. Yes, that was me, David, not Jeremy Beadle. Still naked, he mounted the scaffold and was hanged by a halter, but let down, still alive. Next, his genitals were cut off, and then a deep gash made in his belly. The executioner then ripped out his intestines, liver, and lungs, holding each aloft for the crowd to see, before consigning them to the fire before Wallace's eyes. Then the executioner reached into the chest cavity to tear out Wallace's still-beating heart. Finally, mercifully, his head was cut off and his trunk cut into four pieces. His head was dipped in pitch to delay putrefaction, then spiked and placed on London Bridge. His quarters were later displayed at various towns. His right arm at Newcastle-upon-Tyne, his left arm at Stirling, his right leg at Berwick, and his left leg at Perth. The total cost of the butchery was 61 shillings and 10 pence. Whoa. You read that, or have it read to you, you feel badly in need of a good long shower and some soothing music. Restored, healed, cleansed. Well, the Today in London recommendation would be, I think, to go to Smithfield, see the plaque and its neighbors, see the shrapnel damage, and then go into Bart's, sit in the peaceful little garden there, and then maybe visit the hospital museum. You've been listening to the Today in London History podcast, emanating from www.walks.com, home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local, time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just-the-right-size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award-winning walking tour company. Indeed, London's only award-winning walking tour company. And here's the secret. London Walks is essentially run as a guides cooperative. That's the key to everything. It's the reason we're able to attract and keep the best guides in London. You can get schlubbers to do this for £20 a walk, but you cannot get world-class guides, let alone accomplished professionals. It's not rocket science. You get what you pay for. And just as surely, you also get what you don't pay for. Back in 1968, when we got started, we quickly came to a fork in the road. 
we had to answer a searching question. Do we want to make the most money, or do we want to be the best walking tour company in the world? You want to make the most money, you go the schlubber's route. You want to be the best walking tour company in the world, you do whatever you have to do to attract and keep the best guides in London. You want them guiding for you, not for somebody else. Bears repeating, the way we're structured, a guide's cooperative, is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason people who know go with London Walks. It's the reason we've got a big following, a lively, loyal, discerning following. Quality attracts quality. It's the reason we're able, uniquely, to front our walks with accomplished, in many cases, distinguished professionals, barristers, doctors, geologists, museum curators, archaeologists, historians, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, a bevy of MVPs, Oscar winners, people who've won the Guide of the Year Award. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament, every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London Walks. See you tomorrow.